Hey, what's up, guys? I'm AJ, and I'm here to give you guys the recap for UFC 253. I thought this card was awesome. There was upsets, five underdogs cashed, so anybody that had money on them, congrats, that's awesome. If you had money on the favorites that cashed, congrats, that's awesome. And uh, betting perspective, I think it went well uh, for everybody, and uh, just looking forward to Talking these fights with you guys, you know, we had some some dominant performances. We had some come from behind uh, victories. We had some just absolutely just awesome just performances by each of these fighters, just respectively, you know, in terms of uh, digging deep, uh, finding the will to win, and just showing out. We had some fighters that made their UFC debuts, such as Clay, uh, Klein, who uh, got a quick knockout. Uh, he actually was the only one to get a quick knockout in his debut, but uh yeah, um, this card just had a little bit of everything. We had uh, just two title fights that uh, did not disappoint the slightest, and we had just an awesome main card as well as awesome prelims. So let's talk about these, uh, shall we, here? So Kadis Ibrahimov, Danilo Marquez, not too much to say here, just a lot of grappling. Ibrahimov looked to slow down. They both actually looked to slow down, but uh, Marquez getting the slightly better. The grappling exchanges gets a win after over a two-year layoff. Uh, Danilo trains at Kings MMA. So gets another W for that uh, red hot camp right now. Vittori, Redoom, uh, Gaslam, unfortunately, is going through a, a little losing streak right now. But uh, we know what Gaslam is capable of. Obviously, just gave the champ Israel a run for his money. Um, so that camp basically right now is red hot. They just added another uh, win to their resume for the year. So kudos to Danilo. Juan Espino coming back after about a two-year layoff and looking fantastic. Juan is very talented, I'd say. It was just one of those things. I, I just wish the guy was a bit more active. You know, when he's actually performing inside the octagon, he looks tremendous. He knows what he wants to do. He doesn't exactly do an ideal job of setting up his takedowns. He actually could do a much better job of setting up his takedowns. But in terms of uh, when he gets the opposition down with his power double leg or something like that against the fence, he's very good at guard passing. And as we see in this fight and even in this UFC debut, he's a submission threat. So Juan Espino doing his thing. Only thing I could say is I just wish we could see this guy uh, a bit more. This is uh, Ultimate Fighter Heavy Hitters winner, which was actually the most recent season of the Ultimate Fighter. So, yeah, um, looking looking forward to seeing him perform here. Hopefully soon. William Knight, Alexa Kamor. I think both guys are very talented. They both have upside. I think they we will see them improve each and every time out there. Knight, I definitely do think he he looked tremendous here. Um, you know, he he really put on a good performance you know this was his first decision win and i think his whole career um big strong guy aggressive guard passer i think his wrestling looked better than, than it previously showed on tape here so that's a good sign in terms of like the improvements and, and that sort of thing and he's fresh off his contender series win so he just fought a couple weeks ago on the contender series got his contract after uh basically receiving a developmental deal in a previous season of the contender series where he won but uh not enough to get the contract right then and there so william knight's riding a lot of momentum this is a a win for him against a fighter in the ufc who prior to this fight uh picked up a win against justin ledette so good night for a uh, good win for william knight and uh excited to see how he performs in the future shane young and uh klein this was uh this was really interesting i saw some people cash bets on klein that's congrats that's awesome i personally stayed away from this one i just I wasn't really sure how Klein was going to react with these sort of circumstances of just UFC debut, short notice of about eight days. And he's going to have an opponent in Young who there wasn't really a, any opponents that Klein faced on tape 
you know, prior to this UFC debut, that would bring the same style of fight that Young Young would bring. You know, come forward, get in your face, pressure, nonstop volume, and you just gotta wonder how a fighter's gonna react to that. You know, being on their back foot, that's taxing on the cardio, just moving backwards. Obviously, as human beings, we're more used to moving forwards, and uh, you factor in, of course, the short notice, and uh, just can he keep up with Young's pace? Um, but he didn't need to because he just got a quick knockout. The guy looked tremendous. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he knocked out Shane Young, which, I mean, Alexander Volkanovsky couldn't do it. I mean, you know, it's like this guy's got some serious power and some serious technique. So I'm interested to see how Klein progresses in the UFC. I do think that uh, the future is looking bright with this young man here. He's got a 17-2 and two record, so um, – that's awesome. So what, what a way to make your UFC debut. I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, Jake Matthews and Diego Sanchez. Yeah, this was just a pretty one-sided fight. I mean, it was reflected in the betting odds. You know, Matthews has historically been a, a big favorite in a lot of fights. And I guess that always, you know, causes some pause in the eyes of some because he hasn't won every time where he's been a massive favorite. But uh, a lot of the times he has, and this one was really no different uh, compared to the majority there. He just pretty much dominated the fight. I mean, he was pretty much better everywhere. <clears throat> At this stage, Diego threw up an armbar there in round three. But other than that, you know, there wasn't uh, a whole lot of resistance. I mean, De Diego, he's known to hang really tough, and, and he's going to go out there and, and give his best. And we love him for that. He's been fighting for so long. Um he just, at this point, you know, considering where they're at in their respective careers, just Matthews was just a pretty bad matchup for him, just on the feet and on the ground. And... Um, like I said, Diego's going to go out there and fight and give it his all and, and give a good account of himself the best he can. But uh, um, I hope that this is the, you know, the time where Diego maybe thinks about hanging him up um, for, for a very impressive fighting career. I just, I don't know what else uh, he has to prove at this point. You know, I saw some, some rumblings about him and Connor. I mean, I don't know who knows, whatever happens, happens, I guess. But uh, I, um, I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about it than just a good one for Jake Matthews. Um, he gets to progress in his career. Brad Riddell, this was one of the, this was the fighter I was referring to battling back from adversity. He lost the first round. I was actually impressed with De Silva's wrestling and grappling there in round one. It actually, you know, definitely held up against, a, I'd say a solid defensive wrestler and uh, solid scrambler in Riddell. And also just a big, strong guy for the lightweight division. But uh, he definitely won round one there on all three judges' scorecards. But Riddell dug deep. You could tell he was tired, but he was – you could tell he was tired, but he he had that within him to just, you know, not let that bother him. Basically just dig extra deep and win rounds two and three. He almost got a stoppage there. I mean, he could have very easily gotten a stoppage as uh, that punch that De Silva claimed to be an eye poke – you know, was actually a knuckle to the eye and uh, the ref intervened and, and claimed it an eye poke. Obviously, human error. We all make mistakes, so it's just one of those things. We can't go back in time and change it. But uh, nonetheless, it was an awesome performance by Brad Waddell, and uh, he continues his momentum that he's on. This. He's now 3-0 and in the UFC, so awesome win for Brad. He added to the city kickboxing team total of two wins. <clears throat> or he actually rather started it off on the night and then obviously ended with Israel. So, yeah, I like what I see out of Brad Riddell. He's a very talented striker. I do think that, um, you know, just the clinch separation, I think could be a bit improved. 
Um, obviously, I do expect that to get better because the guy's got a tremendous work ethic. And again, look who he's training with. Iron sharpens iron at kickbox at city kickboxing. Um, so I'm excited for Brad's career. Again, I'm just pointing out like one thing I noticed on tape. You know, he could be taken down still despite being a solid wrestler. But, you know, when this guy's on the feet against the vast majority, majority of the opposition, I mean, he, he's going to give a, a lot of uh, trouble to the other fighters just with his technique, his power. Uh, he's very striking. He's just so methodical out there. So really happy for Brad Riddell. Akeem Dawadu and Zabir Tukugov. This was, uh, yeah, I, I tend to think that the split decision here was like justified in that it was just a tougher fight to score. I actually thought that the most clear rounds were round two was for Tukugov and round three was for Dawadu. And I thought round one was just kind of a toss up. I was pretty surprised, as you could tell by that, you know, the 30 27 for Dawadu. But uh, it happened. And, you know, I don't think it was uh, like a bad decision by any means. I think that the fight could have realistically gone either way. Um, but nonetheless, a, a performance for Dawudu that uh, I think I think was impressive because he was facing a guy who Zubira has has heavy hands. You know, he's a he's a dangerous striker. He hurt Murphy and he hurt Aguilar in his two most recent fights. And um, Dawudu is a very talented striker, um, though I do kind of wonder how he's going to fare against fighters that have have a big power on the feet. Um, but uh, it didn't matter here. Still, uh, still one. He's a very good striker. His defensive wrestling is very solid as well. Zubera only went one for seven on takedowns. And yeah, that would do just had a good performance. He's got one just, you know, minor setback on his resume to Danny Henry. It was just over so quick in his UFC debut. But other than that, the guys looked like a stud. And I, I think he's very talented. So excited to see how uh, Mean Hakeem goes going forward. There was also some, uh, or how he does rather going forward. There was also some interesting gamesmanship there um, in, the, in the fight there in the third round with Hakeem putting his hands at his waist and kind of saying like, come on, or, you know, whatever he had to say, paraphrasing there, but uh, it's pretty interesting there going back and watching that third round. I can't wait to go see that again. Uh, Caitlin Vieira and Sajari Eubanks. Yeah, this was a pretty back and forth fight. I actually thought that Caitlin was actually going to win it a bit more clearly, but I think it's more so a compliment to how much Sajara has improved. You know, she, she definitely held her own. Um, I thought she run one round three, one rounds, one and two in full transparency. I actually was not really watching, you know, from start to finish. So I uh, can't give a clear judgment on that. I just saw kind of like bits and pieces of just, you know, being like mildly competitive with Caitlin getting some top control time. So that's what you get with just two high-level competitors. You know, both these ladies are very talented on the ground. They're both credentialed there. And um, I thought it was just a, a good showing for Caitlin, especially knowing that she got a bounce back, a uh, very impressive win here after the uh, Eldana setback. So that's very nice for Caitlin. She's very talented, I'd say, um, overall, just in terms of her upside. But I, I do think that there should be some striking developments uh, made going forward in order to, you know, really hit her ceiling like high. Because I, I do think that she has upside already, but I do think that the striking, particularly in the defense, could be improved. Um, and I do expect it to improve. She's a young lady and she's getting better, um, but just something I like to point out. But um, other than that, I, I do think that, yeah, she's she's going to be a really tough matchup for the vast majority of the women in, in this weight class here. So I would actually like to see her face like Aspen Ladd. I think that would be pretty interesting or – you know, even um, 
you know, like Holly Holm, depending on if uh, Eldana beats her next card. So I think there's a couple different matchups that Caitlin Vieira could get going forward. She already has two very impressive wins over Katzengano. Three really impressive wins now, Katzengano. Sarah McMahon and Asajara Eubanks. She also beat Ashley Evan Smith as well. So, yeah, Caitlin uh, definitely did her thing out there. Kai Carr, France, and Brandon Royval. These two just had like the round of the year in round one. It was nuts, um, absolutely nuts. You know, this was uh, a, a fight where, and I'll just be honest here. I didn't, I didn't bet it either way, but uh, I picked Kai, and he was actually one of my more confident leans in the card. I just thought that in a fight that should probably be won or lost standing for the vast majority of the time, I just wasn't sure. If, I, I didn't think uh, Roy Val's wrestling was going to be, you know, sufficient to get Kai down. Kai's obviously got solid defensive wrestling and grappling. Um, on the feet, Roy Val's tricky. He's, uh, you know, tricky to deal with. He has a lot of unorthodox movement, obviously, but I kind of favored Kai there. But Roy Val, he's just he's just one of these guys that just uh, he's just hard to deal with. You know, he's he's got the he's got the knee up the middle. He's got the spinning back fists. Like he's just going to walk you down and, and not really care about what you have to throw back at him. I mean, Kai rocked him with a big shot. Like Royval was on wobbly legs. And then the guy just basically out of instinct. I mean, it, that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> just threw like a spinning back elbow or, or spinning forearm. Um, vaguely recalling it here and just dropped Kai. Like he knocked him down twice. I mean, this guy is just so tricky to deal with just, on the ground and on the feet. So he's got a lot of unorthodox tools and with him, you know, making the move to train full time and train with Mark Montoya and those guys like Yusuf Salal, Chris Gutierrez, Alex Perez. I, I do think that Roy Vale, based off his age and who he's working with and his experience, I, I think he's got a high ceiling. I really do. Um, this division I'd already say is very talented and uh, he fits right in there with these guys. So I'm interested to see who he draws next. Maybe like uh Maybe like Alexandre Pantoja, does that sound good? Or maybe Askar Askarov or even, um, you know, I guess Brandon Moreno, depending on uh, how his fight with Alex Perez goes. I think that you could do a lot of cool matchups with Roy Valley. He's just such a fun guy to, to go out there and watch. Uh, two performance bonuses uh, in two UFC fights. So uh, happy for the guy. That's awesome. And uh, Reyes and Jan, wow, this was one of those just – Jan just looks so darn good out there. He uh, – he, he busted up Reyes's nose. I just I noticed it in the in the second round. I know Jan won round one. Reyes just wasn't really throwing much volume. He was just kind of letting Jan control the tempo, control the pace. It just seemed, seemed kind of off. Um, but it very well could just be something that he wasn't expecting from Jan that Jan employed, and it kind of caused him to freeze a little bit. Uh, Jan's one of these guys. He's he's really hard to deal with. He's he's tricky. He's very measured. Um, he's got that power that, you know, he showcased yet again. He he busted up Reyes's nose there in round two and then and then got the knockout. The only guy to ever knock out Reyes in pro MMA. I mean, John Jones couldn't do it. Volkan Ozdemir couldn't do it. Like these guys that have, you know, shown finishing in the past, you know, couldn't knock out Reyes. And here is Jan again, reminding us all that he's he's got that power, man. Um, yeah, I'm happy for Jan. I mean, this guy, his career has been – tremendous in terms of just his his willingness to overcome adversity it didn't seem like it was that long ago and i, I was still watching ufc at this point where he he lost the majority decision to pat cummings at ufc 210 right he started off his ufc career two and four and since then he has won eight out of his past or excuse me 
nine out of his past 10 fights. Like that is crazy. You start off your career two and four, and then you win nine out of your past 10. The only loss coming to the very talented Tiago Santos, uh, who took John Jones to a split decision. So not a bad loss at all. And you look at his wins, Devin Clark, Jared Cannonier, Jimmy Manoa. He avenged his, one of his defeats, Nikita Krylov, Luke Rockhold, Ronaldo Jacare Souza, Corey Anderson avenged another one of his defeats. And then he just beat Dominic Reyes. Like, Jan Lehovitz, man, um, what a, what a way to just uh, perform. I mean, just recently, just there's there's no denying the improvements that this guy's made. The improvements that he's made is just, you know, just been tremendous. I mean, you just you could just tell by the wins and losses, like it's it's crazy. So really happy for Jan. That's that's incredible. Israel Adesanya against Paulo Costa. This was my only bet on the card. I bet Israel. Um, you know, my logic, I, I basically broke down the main event for free. So if you want to go back and listen to that, that's cool. It's on a, a Apple podcast and Spotify and even Amazon as, as well. Now Amazon podcast. So that's there if you'd like. Um, yeah, I mean, basically like Paulo just kind of got stuck at range. I don't know if it was something that the team planned for in, ter- in terms of conserving, Energy. I actually thought that Paula was going to fight like how he typically does, just force Israel, try and force Israel back against the fence and try and lo- unload hard, fast, powerful strikes. And um, I didn't think I didn't think though that 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 Israel was going to oblige to that because he's shown to circle every time he's gotten backed up against the fence, pretty much against threatening strikers, you know, like Robert Whitaker and Calvin Gastelum. Um, so I, I kind of thought like prior to the fight playing out that. Paulo was going to be in like an unfamiliar territory and, you know, it was kind of unknown as to how exactly he was going to deal with it. But, you know, like I said earlier, if you're, if you're the one putting your opponent on, on their back foot, that's a lot tiring on their, on their cardio. It's just not natural movement in terms of, you know, you're comparing moving backwards to moving forward. And then on the Israel side, I just, I noted all of the advantages I thought he had um, on that breakdown. So I'm not going to talk too much about it, but it was, it was a fight where like, if you were to tell me, prior to the fight playing out that it was just kind of for the vast majority of the time play at range. I'm, I would just say like Israel won more often than not, not, you know, Paul is obviously a very good fighter and he, he had a chance to win in that regard, but you know, in that type of fight that favored Israel so much more than, you know, obviously Paulo closing the distance being that Israel's a longer guy, he was going to have to take some shots to close that distance. But then again, that, that fight had Paulo brought it, it would have given him a better chance to win than say this type of fight. And that's still not to say that Israel wouldn't win there. He, I still think he would have won that fight. It had it played out that way, but um, I guess we won't know until, unless if they rematch. So yeah, I mean, Israel 20, no, that's, that's a very beautiful record. Um, yeah. And as far as what's next, I mean, Paulo, I mean, perhaps he gets the winner of uh, Hermanson and Till. I think you could do that. I know that Israel wanted to fight Cannoneer if he beats Rob. So that would be interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you got some options here, which is really good. I mean, this the middleweight division has, has really been doing its thing here in, in recent time. I, I'd say I'm really excited about who who's in this division. You got Brunson coming off a nice win. Rye Hall's in a big opportunity here next month. And then you've got your your very talented prospects like Edmund Shabazian and, and Marvin Vittori and even guys like Ian Heinish that's, that's number 15. I mean, this this division has, has been tremendous 
since the inception of, uh, you know, Israel's title reign. And you got a lot of guys that you could have fresh matchups with, with him, or even if you want to do, uh, you know, uh, a sequel with, with Whitaker, if, if he strings together some wins or even uh, Yoel Romero as well. So yeah, who knows? I mean, I think you got a lot of different things you could work with here, but uh, it was just a, a very impressive performance by Israel Adesanya. Paulo Costa, like I said before, I do think he's very talented. I just think that this was one of the tougher stylistic matchups for him. And uh, clearly the guy's very capable. Um, I, I would guess that he needs to probably get a couple more ones before he he, fa- he fights for the title again. And, and he certainly could get there because this is another gentleman who's just a tremendous talent. But uh, that Israel gets the job done and, and once again shows why his striking is just so darn excellent and, and for many reasons. So that is the recap about 20 minutes long. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I uh, hope you guys had a profitable night. If not, it's okay. I mean, there's just, there's plenty of opportunity down the line. Um, I always say to myself, I, I don't beat myself up over my losses and I also don't get too, too high when I win. Um, I'm happy when I win, but I also try to take away many, as many things as I can from the event in terms of a learning perspective, because I, I'm still, I'm still learning this game. There's, there's always room to improve, room to grow. Um, and, and that's what I love about it. So hope you guys enjoy this recap and uh, talk to you guys next time. Bye.